good and faithful listeners, welcome once again to Nintendo Podcast. You are joining us today for another special episode. In this episode of the podcast, we are going to be talking shop. We are going to go over some of the plans for 2019 in a bit more detail. And then we are going to take a big turn into left field and we're going to talk for a bit about Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. So yeah, we are going to get a bit off topic today. If that's not your thing, I apologize. Don't worry, the first half of the episode is going to be the information that you want. So, once again, and without further ado, I am Evan and welcome to special episode number two of Nintendo Podcast. So let's start off with the real business of this podcast, my plans for the future. Uh, I took a few weeks off, as you guys noticed, to celebrate Christmas and New Year's, but I realized that I never gave you guys a hard date for when the podcast would return. So let's do that now. This is not the return of Nintendo Podcast, because Nintendo Podcast will officially return with episode 5 on January 18th. So that's about two weeks away, January 18th. So, a couple things to point out. First of all, January 18th is a Friday. I've typically been uploading earlier in the week, and I know that, you know, seven days is seven days, so it's the same amount of prep time no matter when I air. But my pattern is that I usually take my daughter to daycare, and then I get into the office really early on Monday and Tuesday so that I can record and edit my podcast in my office before the workday starts. I'm a bit of a procrastinator, so when I release an episode early in the week, I usually only have about two mornings to record and edit this episode. Uh, I decided that's kind of silly. By bumping back to Fridays, I still have the same amount of prep time to get ready for the episode, but I have a full week of mornings to work on recording, which is really nice. Now, I know I could have been recording at the end of the week all along and getting ahead, blah, 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 but as I said, I'm a procrastinator, so it always fell to Monday and Tuesday, and this schedule just gives me a little extra recording and editing time during the week. So my plan is that I will upload the podcast on January 18th, uh, start with Friday uploads. Another point of note is that this is an Anchor FM podcast, anchor.fm. So a quick shout out to Anchor. Uh, If you haven't heard of Anchor, you should definitely check them out if you're interested in starting your own podcast. This is not a sponsored ad. You may hear a sponsored ad for Anchor on this podcast. This is not one of those. This is just me personally saying they're pretty cool. Um, I use Adobe Audition to record and edit my podcast, and I use a Yeti Blue mic. Uh, But Anchor Anchor is really cool with me importing that type of stuff to create uh, the podcast and other programs. But even if you don't have those paid tools, Anchor has some basic editing tools that let you record and edit for free, which is really cool. But the best part is uh, you don't have to pay to host your MP3 files on a storage site um, or, or, you know, work directly with the podcast platforms like Apple or Spotify. Anchor handles all of the storage and distribution and all of that for you for free. So if you're wondering how I produce this podcast, it is through anchor.fm. I know that I could probably get something uh, maybe a little bit more feature rich if I were to pay for it, but I'm cheap and this is a hobby. So uh, anchor.fm is great. It's the way to go. Now, with all of that being said, the reason I'm bringing it up is that Anchor handles my distribution to other listening platforms. Like I said, my episode is going to be uploaded to Anchor.fm and the Anchor app 
on January 18th. But from then on, distribution is out of my hands. So if you listen on Anchor, you will have immediate access to this episode. But if you listen on other platforms, you may have to wait a couple days. I'm not sure exactly when, for example, Apple Podcasts receives my episodes from Anchor, but I don't believe it's day and date with my upload. So the fastest way to get these episodes is on the Anchor app, but you can continue listening to this podcast on whatever your favorite platform is if you're not in a rush. And that's totally, totally cool with me. So anyway, that is my upload schedule. Once again, we are going to return with another normal episode of the podcast, episode five on January 18th. But moving on back to the meat of this podcast, let's talk a bit about the format, shall we? Sorry, that's just me hitting my new boom mic. I'm not entirely used to having this boom arm. Uh, I did just order a, uh, a boom and a shock mount. So that way we don't have to deal with uh, uh, any kind of vibrations or things like that in the background. But I'm still getting used to the, <laughs> the position. It's new for me. Anyway, let's talk about format. So there are two types of episodes on this podcast, if you're a new listener. Um, there are regular numbered episodes. And then there are special episodes like this one. So numbered episodes will always be about Warframe. And those will always happen once per week. Unless there's a specific reason that I'm not able to upload. Like the holiday season or if I'm super sick or something like that. Uh, but for the most part I'm going to try to stick to this uh, this schedule. And I will do my best to try to predict if there's going to be a time that I'm going to be out of the office or something. I'll try to get the episode out early. Now special episodes are a mixed bag. They upload on different days and times to regular episodes. Uh, and this is key. They do not replace normal numbered episodes. Again, uh, you know, unless there's a very specific reason that they need to. I use these to give you guys updates about the podcast or even updates about my life when that's appropriate. And also sometimes, like in today's episode, I will use them to talk about other things that I enjoy outside of Warframe. But that actually is something that I want to talk about for a moment. So today in the second half of this episode, I'm going to talk a bit about Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I'm doing this for a couple reasons. First of all, this is a Warframe podcast that applies to all platforms, but it's specifically targeted at people who are playing on Switch, hence the name and logo of this podcast. Now, I've tried to say over and over again that I hope we can appeal to anybody playing Warframe anywhere, but I do imagine that a large part of our listener base is playing on Switch. And obviously, Smash is the biggest game right now. Just came out, super fun, it's a blast with your friends, and it's the number one thing that distracted me from Warframe over the Christmas break. If you're playing Warframe on Switch, odds are pretty good that either you're already playing Smash, or maybe you're interested in whether Smash is a game you'd like to pick up. So as I said a moment ago, special episodes will never replace the main episodes. I only make them when I have enough extra time to make both in a week. Uh, so, so don't say things like, you're wasting your time talking about some other game when you could have been talking about Warframe. That's not how it works. In fact, the only reason I'm not talking about Warframe right now is that I'm prepping some special content for our 2019 return, which we'll talk about in just a minute. But again, this is a Warframe podcast first and foremost, and I don't intend to change that in, at any time soon. And with that being said, I'd like your feedback about this upcoming segment, as well as my last special episode where I talked with you guys a bit about my life. If you enjoy these segments, let me know. So far, I've really enjoyed making them, and I'd like to continue. And I can imagine an episode about uh, maybe my favorite Switch games for Switch newcomers. Um, uh, you know, maybe somebody who got Switch for Christmas. I can imagine a, a special episode here in a few weeks when I get my hands on Kingdom Hearts and giving you some initial impressions of that. That's obviously not a Switch game, uh, but if you guys are interested, I'd be interested. 
Yeah, I could even imagine maybe a special episode this summer where I just kind of briefly talk about my thoughts of Miss Marvel and Avengers Endgame because those are random things that I enjoy and maybe we could do those as kind of some silly spinoff episodes. But this podcast is about you and it's about Warframe. I don't want to lose our identity and I don't want to produce content that you don't enjoy, even if it's entirely extra and doesn't stop the the uh, the regular stuff. If you don't enjoy this extra content, if you don't like seeing it muck up the episode feed, let me know and I'll stop making them. Scout's honor. I get it and I won't be offended. I am still going to periodically make special episodes when I need to update you on the show or things like that, but, but I'll stick away from that other extra stuff. But if you are somebody who says, you know, hey, I like Smash 2, that was kind of fun, or if you enjoy playing other video games, or you like hearing other random nerd stuff, let me know, because I want to make podcasts that you'll enjoy. So if, if you tell me you don't like listening to it, but I want to keep making it, maybe the answer is just for me to make a second podcast and, and keep this one strictly about Warframe. I don't know. Let me know what you think. I want your feedback. As always, you can send that feedback feedback to nintendopodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's n-i-n-t-e-n-n-o podcast at gmail.com and then finally the exciting stuff my content plans for 2019 as you guys know i've been running this show completely by myself with the help of the internet (laughs) i don't have a co-host or anything and that's honestly not going to change soon I would prefer to have a co-host, but as I said earlier, I record on a very weird schedule that's not consistent week to week. I would hate to recruit a full-time co-host and not be able to consistently record and maintain a, a regular schedule. As I've said, this is just a hobby for me, and I have to balance my career and my family life as well, so I just, I don't, I don't want to recruit a co-host and then them feel like I'm not using them or, or I'm taking advantage of them. But I do really want some extra voices on this podcast, and I want to give you guys good advice and helpful tips that are maybe things I just haven't discovered yet as a newer player. So here's what I've done. I created a Discord server for people who want to contribute to this podcast. This server so far is made up of some really cool veteran players who want to offer advice to new players and want to help grow this podcast. My plan is to do some voice interviews with the members of this Discord and to use them in this podcast. I'm also getting a lot of helpful advice from them and uh, answers to my questions, ensuring that the information I share with you guys is always as accurate and helpful as possible. Now, this is not a public Discord, but if you're interested in joining, it's not that hard to get an invite. Here's how it works. I'm constantly telling you guys to email me at nintendopodcast at gmail.com, and I check that email address every few days. Sometimes people email me ideas for future episodes, sometimes they send questions, Uh, sometimes they send corrections of stuff that I got wrong, or clarifications of stuff that maybe I I was confusing on on the show. So when I get good emails from people that are really helpful, I will invite them to join the Discord. So if you're interested in seeing behind the scenes, um, helping me improve the content of these episodes, or even getting your voice recorded and put onto this show, send me an email. If your emails help make the show better, you just might get an invite to our Discord. I already have a few people in this group who've offered to do some voice interviews on various topics. So, assuming our schedules line up and I have a time available to record an interview, you guys should start hearing new voices on the podcast very, very soon. In fact, I'm hoping to get our very first recorded interview for that January 18th return. So, exciting stuff. And I I think that about wraps up this state of the podcast segment. And hopefully it answered some of your questions about the future. I am really excited to get recording again and dive back into Warframe with you guys. I've had a bunch of fun producing this podcast. Hopefully you guys are enjoying it too. 
But uh, be sure to share this podcast with your friends. Help us grow this community. Like I said, our goal is to get us uh, kind of going on a journey together as new players in Warframe. And the bigger the group, the better that is. So share it out. Send them links to this podcast. And if you have new friends who are wanting to jump into this, this podcast, I'm hopeful that this might be a good tool to kind of demystify some of the harder stuff, some of the more opaque things, and get them into Warframe so that we can build this community together. But in the meantime, let's go ahead into the second half of our show and talk about something completely different. If you're still here, thanks for sticking out with us into these uncharted waters. We're going to talk about Super Smash Brothers Ultimate! So this game came out at the beginning of December, but if you're like me, you asked a family member for it for Christmas. (laughs) So I've been playing for about two weeks now, and my Switch says I've played 20 hours. Now that's, that's really weird for me, because traditionally I have hated Smash Brothers, and in fact I've really hated fighting games in general. So the the first fighting game ever that really hooked me was Injustice 2, which actually is not that old. Uh, I'm a big superhero fan. I do like DC. I probably prefer Marvel. Uh, But Marvel vs. Capcom was just too much for me. The whole character switching, the speed of the gameplay, the technicality of the gameplay, I just, I didn't get into it. But even though I prefer Marvel, Batman is actually my number one favorite superhero. So when Injustice 2 came out, I'm already like, okay, maybe I'd play this. Then I started seeing crap about all the unlockable gear, about all uh, just the different characters you could play as. And I decided, you know what, let's try this out. Let's see if I get into it. Uh, and I got lucky enough that my friend bought it for me. And he bought me the uh, the Ultimate Edition that came with all the characters, all the DLC, everything. It was awesome. And I got obsessed with Injustice 2. And in fact, uh, for somebody who hates fighting games, I thought I was doing pretty decent. Uh, I jumped in online and I got good enough with Batman that I was I could pretty consistently wreck some people at, at kind of you know lower level. <laughs> Not a competitive or anything like that. But I was doing, I was doing pretty darn good. So anyway. That's the first fighting game that hooked me. Now, as far as Smash goes, the main thing I didn't really like about Smash was that, honestly, I just didn't understand the mechanics, and I never owned Smash. So when I would jump in with my friends, I'd be always playing with basically a brand new character, uh, and I would never have time to learn the mechanics, because my friends who were good would just be beating the crap out of me, and I'd be flying everywhere all the time. So I didn't understand how to perform Smash attacks reliably, Uh, I didn't understand how to get back on the stage after I got smashed, Uh, I never stuck with one character long enough to learn their moves, so basically I just would constantly get wrecked when we'd play multiplayer. And let's be honest, that's the mode that everybody wants to play. So in the rare instance that I'd be alone and have some sexy time with Smash, I would go into the single play to practice, but the single player to me was just, it was really pathetic. As far as I knew, I know there's more to it, but as far as I knew, single player in Smash was just random Smash battles, classic mode, or Smash the Targets. Well, Smash the Targets is not a great place to learn mechanics. That's, you know, where you go in to hone your mechanics. Uh, And just doing random Smash battles got really dull to me. Now, Classic Mode was fun, but only the first three to four times, because after I went through it with a handful of characters, it just, it felt really monotonous to me. Well, Smash Ultimate literally fixes every single one of my complaints about the series. So, first of all, the roster is bigger than it's ever been, which by default makes doing random Smash battles a bit more entertaining. But that's just the tiniest tip of the iceberg. Classic mode is different for every single character in significant ways. Like, literally, Smash Classic mode is different 
with everybody. So every character has a, a specific theme that makes their classic campaign unique. So, for example, uh, Mario fights characters from the history of the Mario franchise on Mario levels. And at the end of the campaign, instead of fighting Master Hand and Crazy Hand, he fights Giga Bowser because that just makes more sense for Mario. Then there's Yoshi, on the other hand, who has a dragon-themed campaign where he fights Charizard and Corrin, and then he ends his fight against the Rathalos from Monster Hunter. <laughs> or uh, I just played Meta Knight last night, and Meta Knight has a campaign that's called, uh, I think it's called Both Sides of the Coin, and you fight, uh, for example, Pit and Dark Pit, or you'd fight uh, two different colors of Captain Falcon. <laughs> it's just kind of a cool, like, duality-themed campaign, and then at the end, you fight Master Hand and crazy hand so every time you play through it it's not like it's completely different every time it's still you know the same number of stages there's still a boss fight at the end and there's still coin rush toward the end but uh sometimes the order of those things is shaken up and it's always different characters different modifiers it's a really fun mode and classic campaign is different for all 70 something characters i believe there's 74 characters and it's different for every single one of them so that alone is crazy you're talking hours to get through all of the different variations of classic mode and that's awesome plus there's the fact that you know replaying classic mode on a higher difficulty with a character doesn't get monotonous as fast either because you know for example if i played uh, in the old games if i was going to play as young link and uh you know i did classic mode and then i went to pikachu and did classic mode and then i went to you know Bowser and did classic mode uh, every time it's going to be the same so if I decide I want to get good with Young Link and I want to work on harder difficulties of classic mode when I go back and I replay it on a higher difficulty I'm now playing the exact same mode for the fourth time whereas in this if I go back and replay a character it might if I'm on a higher difficulty it might only be the second or third time I've ever played through that same classic mode so all of this is just it's it's crazy cool Plus, Classic Mode offers rewards for each completion. Now, I know that old Smash games did this as well, but, but Smash Ultimate offers a wider variety of rewards. So you're going to get spirits. You're going to get Smash tokens for Spirit Mode. You're going to get coins for the store. You're going to get snacks to level up your spirits. So even if you've played it so much that it does get monotonous to you, you're still being rewarded every time, which is just awesome. Speaking of spirits, as you've no doubt heard, there are around 1,300 spirits in this game, and that's insane. They cover nearly every Nintendo franchise you can think of, as well as a bunch of third-party games. Um, now, these aren't all completely unique. You know, for example, each spirit really only has two stats, as far as I recall. There's attack and defense, and then they have the potential to have a, a ability buff if they're a support spirit, uh, or even an ability buff if they're a primary spirit and they have a different number of slots, but they're not that varied. You know, for example, uh, in my support spirits, um, I have multiple spirits that buff fist damage, and those support spirits don't really have stats of their own, so honestly, the only difference between them is that their picture is different. That's it. Uh, you can swap in and out your fist attack as, as you want. Now, there may be set bonuses of, you know, using... All spirits from the same game I don't know but I have not encountered that um, so really to me all I see is that the picture is different but if you're like me and you really you know you bought into Pokemon go or Pokemon's gotta catch them all kind of slogan then you're gonna have a lot of fun getting all the spirits uh, in in Smash Ultimate 
So there are several shops that you can access which offer a constantly rotating stock of items. And that's pretty cool. There are items to grow your spirits. Uh, there's there's hundreds of favorite uh, music game tracks, uh, video game music tracks. Sorry, that was that was hard English, you know all that. Um, you can unlock Mii Fighter costumes, which is funny. I don't even play as the Mii Fighters, but I like getting all their costume stuff. And of course, there are spirits that you can buy. Plus, uh, there's the spirit board. Now, I'm I'm a big sucker for those uh, countdown timer type of events. That's one of the things that I love about Warframe. I love seeing alerts pop up and being like, oh shoot, I gotta get on and do this. I only have five minutes to do this. <laughs> and that's what spirits board is. Spirits board is a bunch of, of spirits that will pop up I think you can get up to 10 available spirits at once and most of them have a five minute timer where as soon as you activate the spirit board it populates with spirits that you can challenge and and collect but you only have five minutes before the board refreshes so you got to prioritize and say okay I really want Victini I'm going to go for that one first I really want to get the hammer bros I'm going to go for that one um and it's really cool and it constantly refreshes and you have that urge to be like maybe just one more match maybe just one more match uh it's it's cost me a lot of sleep that's for sure And finally, there's World of Light mode, which is no doubt where you could spend the most of your time in single play. And you've probably heard a lot about this mode already. It's kind of like a cross between classic mode, event mode, and and a light RPG. So basically, you have this giant map that feels kind of like a game board. Uh, It's not free roam. It's path-based, kind of like some of the old classic modes were. Um, And you're constantly stopping on these paths to fight and collect spirits, to unlock new playable characters, to open up treasure chests, and even to jump into some dungeons where there's kind of some light puzzling. Um, All of the fights are set up really cool to mimic the game that the spirits are from. So for for example, uh, if you're not following along here, um, let's say that you find a Hammer Bros spirit from Mario. Now, you probably know the Hammer Bros are the little dudes that stand above you on platforms and are just chucking one hammer after another. Now, there is no playable Hammer Bros character in the game, so it's not like you can literally fight Hammer Bros, but what they did is really smart. So, Yoshi's up special, the one where he throws an egg, is pretty similar to the arc of a Hammer Bros hammer. So, they have made you fight Yoshi, and Yoshi favors that up special. Basically, he's constantly throwing eggs. Plus, Yoshi's constantly summoning the support trophy that is a Hammer Bro. Uh, So it's pretty cool. It's a really good job of emulating you fighting a Hammer Bro without them actually making a Hammer Bro playable character. And basically, every fight in Spirits mode is really smart about this. They do a really good job of imitating the characters that you're unlocking. And it keeps it pretty fresh. Now, it's going to take you about 30 or 40 hours to beat this, and I've heard a lot of people say that you're only going to stay entertained for about 10 to 15 hours. And you know, I think they're probably right. I could see this coming pretty repetitive. I want to beat this mode, and I think I will eventually beat this mode, but I can imagine it getting a little bit dull by the end. But still, this is a ton of content, and I didn't even scratch the main mode of Smash, which of course is PvP multiplayer. Uh, All of this is just the incredible single-play extras. So, If you're not into those things and you just want to PvP, you're still going to have a ton of fun with Ultimate because it's got the biggest roster, it's got the biggest selection of stages, it's got the biggest selection of music, it's got tons of modifiers. Smash has never been this good before. Um, Even even critics are saying that this is probably the best Smash game ever. Uh, And I'd really challenge you to check it out. 
But even if you're like me and you've never really enjoyed Smash before, I still would challenge you to check this one out if you can. It's a blast. If your friends got it, invite yourself over, play Smash for a little bit and see if it's your thing because I think I'm going to get a ton of mileage out of this game. So that's why I am into it. But to wrap up, I want to quickly give you guys my character impressions, just for the fun of it. Now, this is by no means Evan's tier list. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a complete scrub in Smash Bros. But I'm just going to tell you, hey, as a, as a total noob, here are the players that I'm really enjoying using. So, first off, my favorites. Uh, Toon Link and Young Link are by far my top characters right now. Now, I know that there are differences between the two, but as a casual player, they feel equally good to me and they feel more or less the same. Now, I love them because I love they have great options for zoning, uh, but they can also get in close and I feel powerful at both distances. And I feel like that's kind of rare for some characters. You know, a lot of times you're going to have a character that just you need to be in close or you're going to have a character that you got to zone. But but Link, I feel like, feels just as powerful no matter where you are. Plus, it's just, oh my gosh, it's so awesome to light a bomb, stick it in your pocket, shoot an arrow, pull back out the bomb, throw it, and then do an up special combo. I mean, it just, you feel so powerful when you're using all these items in quick succession. Uh, and with just the low landing lag that Link has, it's 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 great. Simon is definitely my number two, and of course Richter by extension. So I'm gonna I'm gonna squish Toon Link and Young Link together as my number one, and Simon and Richter are my number two. So he's more of a zoning character for sure, but his moves have super solid coverage. So you got your cross that you can throw out, which has really good horizontal range. His holy water is great for hitting people up close, um, and it's good too as almost a trap. That that holy water burns for a significant amount of time. So if somebody's gonna drop down and you're like me, you're not you're not great with timing. You you can toss out that holy water and you're you're gonna hit him it's pretty awesome uh then he's got his axe which flies at that weird angle and it's good for covering kind of that 45 degree angle that not a lot of characters can hit uh, he has an up special that has a pretty similar angle to Mario's up special, which I like because I started maining Mario. Uh, and he can do a smash attack directly up over his head. So it feels like you can hit anybody no matter where they are. It's awesome. Um, and of course, his smash attacks have crazy range because of that whip. It's great. And then lastly, kind of out of left field, Samus and Dark Samus just makes sense to me. Now, I've seen multiple tier lists from pros that put her really low in this game, but honestly, I just, I love her moveset. She, she fits like a glove for me. So in my opinion, some characters, their moves just kind of feel unexpected. Like, you know, when you're learning a character, you hit up special and you're like, okay, that feels kind of weird. Why did I do that with that button? But with Samus, I just feel like all of her moves make sense and I can just kind of, you know, use the force and react instinctively. She just feels good to play. Uh, and I also just love, I love jumping over a fight and dropping a random bomb. That is so fun because I'm, I'm constantly in the air and it's fun when you're trying to stay out of combat but still pestering people by dropping bombs. It's great. So my least favorites so far.
Incineroar. By far, I just despise Incineroar. He's way too slow, and he feels super cumbersome to me. His moveset is, is novel. It's fun, you know, throwing people into ropes, but I just, I feel too limited. Uh, and then also there's the fact that he's my least favorite Pokemon design in the current gen, by far. I just, I hate his design, and blah. Go away, Incineroar. I really want to like Duck Hunt, uh, but his hitboxes just, they're not where I would expect them to be on all of his attacks. It, it, to me, it feels a little bit like uh, uh, like Mr. Game & Watch. I, I know that in, that uh, Duck Hunt is good, uh, but I just, I don't know, I feel like his hitboxes are in weird places for his moves, so I just, I need to give him some more time. I don't really dislike him, but right now, he's not somebody that I'm ever going to pick up. And then there's Mega Man as well. Mega Man, actually, it's weird because I always have high scores when I play with Mega Man, but it just feels weird to me that his main attack is a blaster. I just, I like the 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 kinetic feeling of punching somebody in the face. I know that sounds stupid, but Mega Man is just not high on my list of favorites. And then the last three, and then we're going to be done with this segment. My last three are my goal characters. So there's Ness. Ness is my number one goal character by far. I just, I love beating the crap out of somebody as a little boy. I mean, how dope is that? Plus, you know, you whip out a baseball bat and a yo-yo, but you also have crazy psi powers. It's just, I mean, Ness to me is by far the coolest design character in the game. But he's he's a little more nuanced. You really got to get the hang of his up special if you want to be good with Ness. And the up special is just kind of tricky to get used to, at least for me. So Ness is a goal character for me, for sure. Then there's Palutena. Uh, she feels really powerful to me, and I feel like she'd be super annoying in the hands of a skilled player, but I feel like she's another that there's a little bit more nuance. I don't think she's in the easiest character to learn, so I'm going to put her in the gold tier as well. Then, sadly... Pikachu and Pichu. Okay, so Pikachu is one of my favorite video game characters ever, bar none, full stop. I love Pikachu, and I even love the way that he plays in Smash, and I know that Pikachu and Pichu both are some of the best tiered characters in Smash U. But I always end up misjudging and suiciding with his up special and his forward special. I just, oh my gosh, I feel like there's so many ways to accidentally die when you're playing as Pikachu, and plus, if you're not really good at timing, then some of those moves are pretty predictable, especially that forward special. When you're like charging up to, to dash across the screen, it's pretty easy for an opponent to just jump out of your way, and if you're not careful, you just go rocketing into the abyss. So I, I want so badly to main Pikachu, but I just, I, I'm not good enough. <laughs> I keep accidentally killing myself. So anyway, those are those are my impressions of characters. But again, overall, this game is just so dang good. You you gotta try Smash Ultimate. I'm loving it. As a non-fighter fan, as someone who traditionally dislikes, actively dislikes Super Smash Bros., I am loving Smash Ultimate. And plus, just as a cool side thing, um, I know I don't, I don't want to get into gender stereotypes here, but but my wife is kind of the stereotypical girl who doesn't get into video games. Um, and so my wife will, she'll play uh, Mario Kart with me. She really, actually really likes Mario Kart. And sometimes she'll even ask me, hey, do you want to play Mario Kart? And weirdly enough, she's the same way with Call of Duty. She doesn't play online Call of Duty. She'll only do bots matches with me. But I turn the difficulty way down and she just has fun blowing stuff up. 
Um, so those are her things. But for the most part, she doesn't play a ton of games with me. But uh, she's able to jump into Smash Bros and have fun. It doesn't hold her attention as long because to her, it seems kind of repetitive. She doesn't get into learning the mechanics and stuff. So so it seems repetitive quicker than something like Mario Kart would. Uh, but the wide variety of characters is really cool. It's cool for her to jump in and right off the bat, uh, she likes uh, kind of the girly characters. She loves that there's Peach and Palutena and Rosalina and Luma, and she just kind of, she loves having some of those girly characters to play as. She loved making a me fighter, and then she just loves having characters that she recognizes. Uh, she loves having Mario in the game and, and Yoshi and some of those characters that she knows from Mario games and from, from uh, Mario Kart. And then even beyond that, like she played, she loves playing a snake with the leopard print just because she thinks it's it is hysterical. Woo, English is hard today. Uh, she <laughs> she also really likes Simon because of his uh, his ridiculous thigh muscles and Thor hair. <laughs> so she's able to jump in, and even though she doesn't understand all the mechanics right off the bat, she just has fun with the roster and and just goofing around playing together. And you're able to throw in goofy stuff. Like the other night, we set up a match with eight players. We did it with both of us on the same team fighting six level one Kirby's, and we laughed so hard having that match just goofing off and having fun so uh if you're one of those who maybe your significant other uh guy or girl or or whoever or even just a friend maybe your college roommate somebody who's not into games but you want to play games with smash bros is a great way to jump in and especially smash ultimate is a great place to jump in and play games with somebody who's not a, a hardcore gamer or somebody who really plays games at all So I think that about wraps it up for today. Thanks for sticking with us with special episode number two. Once again, expect the return of our regular episodes, episode number five on January 18th. And I believe, knock on wood, we're going to have an awesome episode then that's all about clans and hopefully with a pretty good interview in there as well. That's what I'm shooting for. So stick around. Stay tuned on January 18th. If you want to get the podcast as quick as possible, make sure you download the Anchor app or check us out on anchor.fm. But as always, you can wait for the podcast to appear on your platform of choice. Once again, if you'd like to contribute to this podcast, write into nintendopodcast at gmail.com. Give me some feedback. And if your emails make the show better, you might get added to the private Discord server to help us grow and even do some interviews and of course send me that feedback on these special episodes because i want to make a podcast that you want to listen to i have been evan i've had so much fun making this episode for you and i will see you again in a couple days